beginning of that too. Now, when last we left off in this particular time and, and place, Aladra, you were walking down with a traveler um, following a line of uh, a couple hundred, hundred dwarves being led by Dol, Dol, Dorn, freshly freed, just whatever weapons they have down a long, like it's going to take them an, an hour to get to the city, to get to the city. Orion already <laughs> jumping, flying, landing, like carving through the inside. Um, Shurkan, I believe that you went with ROI. Yeah, yes, right. You and you and ROI both went flew mm-hmm. away to continue the bat battle. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're going to simply zoom forward because of what you're thinking of right now to later that. Night. Night has fallen fully. It is the moon is in the sky, a sliver, cloud cover. There's bonfires all throughout inside the city. Some buildings, some giant structures lit aflame. Some giants locked inside. But mostly, you don't hear their their, their screams. You don't hear the clang of steel. This is not a battle for Sharn, after all. This was a battle for a relatively smaller, simpler place and time. As Arion has called um, you two to the fire in your disparate locations, wherever you are, um, travel come to you, to, to, to you and say, join us. And walk with, with you there. I think, Shere Khan, you're probably just kind of nearby the mm-hmm. fire where where Orion is, because you are like right there with, with, with him. Mm-hmm. I think Arwai and Balinor are now are, are with the people, but um, you don't really have a task. Once war is over, mm-hmm. you don't really have a task to, to, to do other than being ready and being on defense in case some shit happens. Yeah, I think you just basically keep eyes out. Yeah. That's essentially what he does. Keeping he eyes does. out around a, 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 around a fire next to the President of the United States is a, mm-hmm. is a great task to have. It's not, kind of like it's not important. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. Especially when That's you see him. also a nuke. <laughs> especially when you see him essentially inviting others to them. Now remember who you are now. So you're a team. You're Shurkan as always. Hey. You're uh, 50-some, you're at your old Dorn, freshly new from this place. The sun was an unwelcome behemoth. You feel much more at home now within natural darkness that you're, that you're, the only light you're used to is fire. So I think you just feel a little bit more at home, though maybe there was a bit of freedom that if it was seeing that giant Ball and, and heat. I don't know. You I tell, feel like the oh, sky would be the most disorienting thing. Very true. Like, forget the sun. Just mm-hmm. like, Dorn has been filled with this feeling that he's going to fall off the earth at any moment. So he's holding onto his stump that he's sitting to. <laughs> that he's <laughs> down on. 
absolutely <laughs> love for that. that. That's why you guys tell the story more than me. Reverse gravity. <laughs> yes. But I definitely, I definitely agree the concept of... It's a ladybug. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. that's fine. Yes, you come join around the fire, fire holding on to your duel. Um, kind of awkwardly take seats around. Um, on a t- uh, sorry, Ladra, you immediately see a figure sitting near Orion, but kind of to the side. Orion's right near the near the fire. His long white beard, his fingers are steeped. Are steeple. His own a- acolytes around him, though, is that you've seen in the last several hours. You've seen them do crazy things. They point a finger and fire shoots out. People were talking like. Cantrip level spark, right? Is like insane <coughs> to like see this, but wow, they must be really, really power, powerful people and such. Um, they're around him, kind of give, give, giving him information. Whispering is in his in his ear. He'll write something, hand it over. Work is going on as he's around the fire. His face bathed in it. But you, you all see it. But I think you specifically right now see the figure. Behind him and to the right, still within the flame, so the heat can touch him, but the light is just flickering on the shadows. This man is a grizzly bear. At first, you think that must be what it is, because you don't know what a gorilla um, is. You think grizzly bear. I know that that is at least. It is the hulking humanoid figure of Monotar, which I just got done describing. So I won't describe it again, but the way I described him hasn't changed that much, even now, 60 years prior to that. The flickering flames enhance every crevice of his face, of his hands. And the weird thing about him is he seems almost small. Hulking as he is, he makes the the stump the log there look small in comparison. His massive hands look tiny, look, 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 look tiny only because he's Kind of just like twid- twiddling his thumbs a little bit. Just gently, not like this, just gently kind of swirling around, around each other. His shoulders are so enormous, rippling muscle. His vest are hardly keeping it in. And he looks up at you. Curly hair, weird and, and such. And his eyes catch yours. And those eyes, you thought for sure they would speak of some. Horror. This this must be Orion's right hand, general. But you just see almost sad, soulful eyes, small under a thick, bur- thick brow and bushy eyebrows. As he kind of less um, accidentally meets your eyes, he looks away as well as you both did do. <laughs> Inappropriate, after all, you are 18, but uh, you are a spinster. Yeah, I am a spinster for my village. (laughs) The fire's very hot across my cheeks right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining, my friends. I'm glad to see that we were victorious. As I knew we, we would be, your aid is most welcome and appreciated. Dorn, right? Dorn? Aye. 
people speak fondly of you? Have they always? The ones out here, at least, might have good things to say. Dig a little deeper, and you might have muddied opinions. I'm glad you mentioned that because we will need to need to dig a little deeper. We came here not with the not with solely the altruistic intents of freeing enslaved people because all people of this world are enslaved. We came because the mithril mines. With that said, I've seen how your people look up to you. Perhaps more importantly, I've seen you do the impossible. I did not expect to find the mine already taken. That must have taken a tremendous amount of effort on your behalf to gather that many folk to keep the secret as long as you did. Could not have been simple. Could not have been easy. That's one made it doing. What if I told you, both of you, that there is much more of that need human this world over. I understand. At this moment, you probably don't understand the concept of what I mean by the world. Aladra, have you ever left your village? Went up on the mountain today. But I've, I've seen things. Have you? Mm-hmm. What things? Traveler showed me. What have you seen with your own eyes and hands? Where have your feet trod? I think in this way you and Dorn are similar. You are neighbors, after all. He gestures toward the mountains and he gestures out the city gates toward the, 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 the village. Yet you did not know of each other's existence, did you? Your blue eyes are pretty, but do they work? We ain't nothing alike. We had a few like you in town, but never seen you. Town? 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 Yes, Dorn. Not all people live in caves within a mountain. As close as you two were, it seemed like an infinite. Ex- it seems like an unsurmountable expanse was between you. How can you live only miles from each other but never know that the other exists? In fact, Dorn, from what I understand, speaking with some of your people, you have never seen a human before t- t- today. A human is what, 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 what I am, what my brother Antar is, what Aladra is. Y'all a wee bit different. <laughs> First lesson, humans are quite, are quite populous 
folk. More so than, than your own kind. Much more so than, say, Shere Khan's kind. He is what we call an, 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 an elf. Elf. So you ain't human. Health is what we go by now. Easy way of telling is... Ears. Not all of us are also... The knives you'd be smuggling. (laughs) What do you call yourself? Aladrin it is, then. Now imagine Hume. the gulf that divided you to how close you were. Imagine a similar gulf. A seemingly insurmountable rift. Imagine that you were your entire village and you were your entire mind. Imagine that every human you knew in your village was an entire village itself. But you never met any of them before. It is hard to understand, to conceive of this. How many people, how, how, can, how high can you count? Counting is a useful tool, they allowed that to us. They taught us that at the least. I've never tried to count as high as I can, but they usually stop me after 500. Do you have any estimation of how many people lived in your village? Say at least 500 times 5? 10? Okay. I want you to imagine that your village of 10,000 people, we will call that, that there's 1,000 of those villages that exist all throughout this world. Miles apart. Are they all as close as we were? Most are not. You were a bit of a unique situation. The, the Elshgar, a giant term, this is what they call Elshgar Septima. Septima meaning seven in, their, in the higher language of the giant tongue. Seven implying that there's at least six, six others. There's actually um, nine others. Ilshgar, this is not not important. Just know that there are a good number of other dwarven folk like yourself that have never seen the moon, the sun, the sky. We have food. You're telling me there's other mountains? I'm telling you that you will see them and you will free more people like yourself. I have helped free four of the Bielshkar so far. They all take it like you, but none have I reached, and have they already nearly freed themselves. But yes, there are other 
mountains. There are other dwarves that have never seen the sun. But most dwarven folk, the uh, <laughs> hundreds of thousands, if that term means anything to you, that exist, most of them are not like your people were. Most of them live out and they toil amongst the amongst them, the mountains underground, perhaps. Miners, most of them are indeed. Serving the overseers on the surface here. You already understand. Not only the overseers as you know, you know them, giants are a general term for them. They have many terms for themselves, but none that I choose to sully this moment with. Aladra. Would you say, would you have said before t- today that you were a free woman? I suppose as free as one can be. As free as one can be. Dorn, before today, would you say you were a f- free man, free and dwarf? Oh, I still ain't free. Not as long as those big fuckers breathe. Now, one of you may have had the boot directly upon your neck. A very visible cage of stone blotting out the sun and sky. The other one of you, the arrow was always pointed. You just can't see it. Your cage had bars. And it was made of gold, perhaps, like wheat. But in the end, you are both not only neighbors, physically, but siblings of circumstance. In this way, you are more alike than you are different, I think, in the way that matters most. So then the people in my village, are they free now too? Those that survived? Well, Aladra, I think that what Dorn just said had great wisdom to it. (coughs) Are any of us free? Never heard that before. (laughs) Are any of us free while the overseers, the giants, the dragons exist? I'm going to add something to my previous analogy, my previous of whimsy. Remember when I said that there's 1,000 new villages just like just like dwarves out there. In fact, it's actually far, far more than that. But we'll just consider that simple now. Every one of them don't know the other for the most part. But almost all of them are being controlled or manipulated by giants like those here dragons, large-scaled beasts that that fly and rain down fire, ice, and poison. You've probably seen them. You know what a dragon is. (laughs) Don't worry, Dorn. You'll come to hate them as much as you hate hate the giants, if not more so. They are fewer, but they are generally stronger. You're making me want to go back to my hole. I'm going to say a very important thing right now. 
you are free to, to, to do so. And in this way, we understand that while I agree, Dorm, that none of us will truly be free until all of them are no more, I will say that there are degrees of freedom. I've learned this myself. You have earned, through your own hand, a significant degree of freedom. And Aladra, you have as well. You have the freedom to stay outside of the, of the caverns. You have the freedom to return. You have the freedom to toil and bring us more, more ore, which we do desperately need. You have the freedom to lead armies that I will build for you. You will build for yourself. These freedoms we can simply call choices. All the choices you think you've had your entire lives are illusions, tricks, giants. It's hard to describe without understanding an analogy. A road, a pathway doesn't mean much to you. Dorm, Lavra. It is like being in the deep mines. It is like being within the streets of your village. You can choose whatever path you wish to go, but did not somebody else carve that path? You will take the alley between two buildings, two homes, but that alley was put there for you. Dorm. You can make your new way through much hard work, but generally, where you step, those paths have already been laid out before you. The giants and dragons both manipulate us into thinking that we are making choices, that we are free, when in actuality we are simply allowed to make decisions that are all already predefined and predescribed by them. That is no more, as far as I'm concerned, here and now. You're free to do what you wish, but you're not truly free. Let me tell you a story. One of my own origins, so that you may understand more of your own predicament and what you are stepping into. Anatar and I are not brothers by blood, but by circumstance. Both of us were subjugated un under a gold dragon named Palarandusk, the Unseen Protector. He was the Ashkavant, which is a dragon, a draconic word for bearer, holder, or wielder of the third article, that of life. This doesn't mean much to you right now, but Palerendus was even more ancient than most of other dragon kind, than almost any living giant. 
which saying something. His already long lifespans extended by means of his, his, his article. A gift he bestowed upon a select few. Those mortals he deemed worthwhile. Whether they asked or wanted it was not of importance. His mountain, his mountain range, not this one, but a mountain range far from here, was rife with precious metals that had been mined and plundered and crafted into fantastic jewelries, weapons, and tools over multiple millennia. Millennia meaning a thousand years. Multiple of those, mind you. These labors were naturally undertaken by his own personal minion of 5,000 humans and, and dwarves. 5,000. So, not quite the size of your village or no, but take half that amount, perhaps. A nice amount that are completely under the dominion of one dragon, even one as ancient and powerful as Pal Pal and Dusk. The population was flexible to a point. But once a certain threshold had been reached, Paladin Dusk would gather half the populace and burn them to the ground. Think about that. Over these many years, he tired of keeping track of the census, centuries ago now, and de delegated it to a dwarven fellow. But the stubborn mortal ended up trying to make the numbers seem lower than they were after only one color. He was disposed of, naturally. His replacement, a human woman, was likewise sentimental and didn't even last one cycle before taking her own life. The third was me. I'm not unlike the first two in my Reticence for seeing my own kind called. But I did do what the others did not. I asked. Not beg or weep to Palapaladundas, but I asked a question. I asked for a reason, which Palapaladundas was happy to give. He was always happy to share logic. He just never expected the question from a human. Thanos. Thanos steps forward and just puts his hand near the flames and they begin to take full of like a golden dragon breathing flame out soot and a human standing before him. Practicality, my dear Orion, Paladin Dusk said to me. If we do not cull, then the population will outgrow this bridge and the fields and pastures from which they eat. And in time, they'll expand into the valley and eventually beyond even that. Besides the matter of resources, it is simply improper to allow your belongings to spill outward haphazardly. No telling what could be done is so many minds bent to a single task, even if small and weak. 
those giant kin who millennia ago created your kind, this is him speaking to me, I remember the words very, very, very well, or perhaps a bit overzealous in some, some ways. Dwarves were created from, from stone itself. Not entirely unlike my kind, though far more crude, obviously, and granted long lie. This is the, the dragon speaking of this. You were granted long, long lives, a stubborn tenacity to push through any obstacle and slow reproduction. Good for workers, smiths, minor guardians perhaps, or so it seemed. But over time, they ended too, too stubborn and too long-lived to be corralled easily in numbers large enough to make great impact. Humans like yourself, me in this case, were transformed from the flesh of giant kin themselves, and then given new life and the will to grow and prosper. Short lives means an urge to adapt quickly, a desire to expand, to mate, to grow. Don, you might be shocked to hear this, but <laughs> I got a shock today. Lagra, how old are you? Eighteen. Eighteen. And Doran, how old are you, would you say? Should be going on like my 65th cycle here soon. Okay. You will live likely, barring any catastrophes, uh, nearly 400 years. Lagra will live a grand total of 70 if you're healthy. This was not a mistake. This was a very deliberate action that was taken when the giants created the, the humans. As I said, short lives means an, an urge to learn, to change, to adapt, to grow, to reproduce, expand. Short lives also means, uh, well, I understand that, that they, Palorandusk told me, he understands that they, they added a new facet of camaraderie called love and made reproduction a pleasurable activity that was mutually desired from two distinct sexes. All fine ideas in theory, Paladin Dusk told me, but in practice, us rascally humans simply overpopulate in a matter of centuries. Some of Dragonkind and giant kin deal with this problem by sending you to battle each other over nameless plots of, of, of land that they can then claim for their the dominos, the dominions of dragons and giants. Proxy wars for support so that proper civilized creatures need not sully themselves. I always remember this this last part, and I beg that you do as well. As Paladin Dusk said to me, I find the whole thing distasteful. I prefer the practicality of a quick, dim a quick demise and reuse of resources in my own dominion. Thank you very much. A relatively painless process by comparison, I can assure you. Now, I was not only an honest census taker, 
I would recommend prudent courses of action in advance. Simple ideas such as if we increase the number of cattle, we can feed and clothe the people better and therefore increase the day's work to even in poor weather. And if you burn them on that barren ridge over there, their remains will fertilize the land for the generation after the, after the next. I showed an aptitude for scribing. And though proper glyphs and runes were, for, were for, forbidden to me, of course, I developed my own form of shorthand to keep track of numbers, places, ideas, and the, the, the like. I suppose you would call me clever. And I was rewarded. When I had grown, grown old and expected to die off soon, within the reasonable comforts of my meager station, elevated though it was compared to most others, Palerandusk used the article of life to grant me another lifespan. My soul was still spry as, as ever, but my bones had grown weary and my skin sagging by, by design, of course. It was a great feat of divinity that restored my flesh to hardiness, quite literally healing the natural degradation of age. It was the first time I had ever seen my master use the, the article. The first time I knew he even had such a thing. But I did not understand what it was. I was as, it meant as little, as little to me seeing it as it does to you, me telling the tale. All I knew was that this enormous gold dragon truly was divine. If you can make such a miracle. <coughs> it was no wonder they were the masters and we servants. During the second stint at, at life, I began to spend more time with my own kind. Trust from my master meant I had, had more freedom than, than others, paved as the path already was, of course. The fact that I was a census taker meant that I had to be allowed those freedoms anywhere within his dominion. Of course, the problem was that I was recognized more and, and more, and my own people feared me would flee or beg to be spared, others through dirty, dirty glances or even stones. One exception proved to be Anatar, who caught one such sharp stone before it struck me. Good rock, maybe silver inside, was all he said before entering one of the dozen forges. I entered out of curiosity and watched this man at work the next day straight. This was true work. This was physical rather than mental. Precision and mental acuity, though, to it as well. The craftsmanship from the smiths, not only Onatar, but his entire team was outstanding. A silver and bronze bracelet with a line of platinum fit for a cloud giant and properly sized, too. Days turned to weeks, turned to months, as Onatar and his team crafted more and more wonders. The true wonder, though, came when Palerandus would use his claws to carve intricate draconic sigils and glyphs and then infuse the items with magic. And this was enough to change my entire life. I eventually asked Palerandus enough innocuous questions over the years to glean a basic understanding of the glyphs, how they were similar yet different from the more rudimentary giant runes. I grew to understand the weave, feel its pull and push, how it bent to the intent behind the symbols. 
I started small, when in this case he makes a little flame in his hand without the heat. Moving objects at a distance, small tricks to flavor food or make my appearance cleaner. It was as if the floodgates had opened, I was capable of so much. So much. The first of my kind, perhaps, to learn and create these tricks and hone those skills in secrecy. Another lifetime flitted by and I yearned for more. My old friend Anatar, old enough now that he should have hung up his hammer, but stubborn enough that he hadn't yet, still toiled away. So decades would go by where Anatar to work, sculptures his master's visage and massive ornamental armor that would never be worn. But in his off time, he also designed and built sturdier homes, aqueducts, clothing, refined iron to steel, found ways to enhance the lives of his own people. In comparison, what had I ever created besides learning how few squiggles can draw up enough enough water for one sip? I was able to convince Paladin Dust to give Anatar the same gift of extended life, which he did, agreeing that his skill was exceptional for immortal, and his quiet nature proper subservience for his kind. We then worked side by side more over the years, furthering our individual talents, hoarding materials, making and teaching how to make swords and shields and spears and bows for our own kind, forbidden though they, though they were. Our combined dream was learning to craft the proper artifacts that could be imbued with magical purpose. And we had success, slowly but surely, in our mid-third century of lives. We finally had enough weapons and armor stockpiled away to make an attack worth Moreover, I had designed simple spells wrote enough that even a handful of my kind could follow. An Anatari clever contraption that he called gears and pulleys that could ensnare the, 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 the elder Drake when he was starting slow in his age. The next, next calling, the fit that would have been carried out in my duties, he prepared the trap. Fate stepped in, in hindsight, thankfully. We thought ourselves adepts, but we got children. A triumvirate three storm giants came to call on Pelerand Dusk the day of the call calling. They did not know this, of course. Visitors were exceptionally uncommon, be them other dragons or those of elevated giant kin, no more than once in a human generation, if that. The older dwarves spoke of, of, of other visitors in hushed tones, scared their children and humans both, but how close could these fellows be? How close could these, how far must they, tra must they travel? They're just on the other side of, of, the, 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 of the, the mountains. I, like you, do not understand the scope of the world at this point. But this time was different. This time the visitors were hurried, brusque, even rude. To the ears of me and mortal kind, who never dreamed to make demands of, of, of our master, demand yet they did. Veiled as requests, perhaps, but even so they made demands of Palaran Dusk. I knew enough of, of the giant tongue to cobble to gag together the basic meaning that these storm giants were siblings. Their father was the Kong of the north. Mighty, strong, mog, and mot, and all that. Words of the, the ordinary. 
the hierarchy of giants. Their father perished, it seemed, and they were asking my master to bring him back to life. I looked at Anatar in confusion when, when I heard that. Pelerandusk surely had the means to extend life, but to bring one back from the Dark Vale itself? Impossible. The Drake asked the siblings how they'd known where he lived, and they said because they too could feel his miracles when they were bestowed, and they wanted one themselves. Pelerandusk asked, how did your father die? And they described, on his deathbed at age 1,200 years, Pelerandusk nodded and said something peculiar at the time. He said, energy grants many boons and can extend the soul to its utmost limits. But at double the proper age of expiration, even miracles have their their limitations. If your father died as you say, I cannot aid, nor would I be, be likely to. You can imagine, perhaps, the shock to the siblings of giants. They all cried foul at once. Excuses, blame, lies, weakness, betrayal, all manner of insult thrown at voices loud enough. Even the furthest hunters of my kind would think thunder was rolling in. Pelerandus took this in stride and merely stated his words. The truth of my words will not change, no matter the anger in yours. They went on to claim more about the ordaining, fearing its eminent falling, collapse without their father, the great Kong of the North to uphold it. And at this, Palarandusk laughed, something so rare, it unnerved me. And he said to them, your kind has labored under the ordaining since the time of Anam. You think that the death of one modern giant will change that? One of the siblings complained about how this, this was different and said, if you will not help us, Ashtavant, then you will be Ashtavant no more. So it's the first time I had heard the word and it meant no meaning to me, but the Palarandas can meant something very, very important. I will not bore you with the details, but I will simply say this. The battle that commenced was the first of its kind in millennia. The peace between dragonkind and giantkind would not shatter this day, but the window was cracked greatly. It would need only a few more pushes, more cracks, but I'm getting ahead of myself. In the end, all you need to know is Palrandusk was victorious. Though he braved the hammer, spear, sword, and nets of these three giants for an, an, an hour straight, to them, lightning and thunder came as easily as fire to Palarandus, but so much more than that, than their common implements, their magic. Common miracles summoned casually as catching a fallen leaf. When the three giants revealed their eyes, six eyes of deep darkness and starlight, that was when the dragon began to summon his own miracles. As quick as one would throw a javelin of lightning through the drake's arm, it would grow back. But as soon as Palarandusk's teeth would find a giant's neck, it was gone in a burst of thunder and, and, and wind appearing elsewhere. 
this was when I truly, truly realized that we were nothing. We're never going to be a threat if even a single human dwarf, man, woman, child was armed with the finest spear Antar could forge and the most potent magics I could possibly create. We would be like fleas to the stag. As Palranda stood victorious, three enormous corpses strewn to the mountainside and valley both. He bled. The wounds did not all heal. There was a limit to miracles. I have just heard him say this even. And apparently fighting three giants of the highest standing surpassed that, that limit. The drake rooted around the ground for something beside the last to perish, and he lifted up a peculiar thing. A massive slab of stone, about half the size of the giant itself. The etchings on it were enough to make anyone's eyes burn from their very skulls. All turned away as Palarandas merely sighed and let the massive thing clatter down to the earth again. He then did what no one could have predicted. He walked over to our, our village and asked calmly why those chosen for the calling were not yet, or yet organized in the designated fields for their burden. Even after all this, yes. Even after all this, even at his weakest he'd ever been his entire life, in a millennia, for sure, the dragon expected his dominion to be unmatched and unquestioned. That his subjects would willingly walk the two miles in the cold just for a flash of heat, a pinch of pain and death. Even now, as his blood dripped thick like melted gold to burn the homes of a family, Palarandus was mighty, and he was wise in his own way, but he was as arrogant in a way that only a thousand-plus years of subjugation, subjugating those without a choice can be. So imagine the surprise in his slitted lizard gaze when I followed the course of his enemies and struck him through the eye with a bolt of lightning. Anatar's men had already been preparing during the prior bat battle. Spears and bows and arrows were all hidden under the, under the recent snowfall. A horn on Anatar's lips blew a second after my bolt. A dozen, dozen, dozen braves scooped up their hidden weapons and came at the great worm. And then a dozen more. But these were the blunt tools of the field and the heavy picks of the mines. Ten dozen stones thrown by as many calloused hands. Then my own Acolytes, hidden at my command, emerged after the first breath of fire from powder and dust, burning dozens in its wake. And they launched their, their own simpler spells at the large beating, the gaping wounds of the drake. He roared, oh how he roared, and thrashed, oh how he thrashed. But a dragon's might is not to be underestimated even now. The battle ended with ropes the length of Palarandusk himself, binding one leg and one scaly arm, a hundred spears and sticks ramming into every orifice and wound over and, and, and over. I had been long spent, my few spells, a dire blow at the start, but then I had hidden, fled. Anatar was the one standing atop the drake's snout, massive workman's hammer made for three 
men to wield, meant for crafting jewelry and armor and sword of giant kind, single-handedly cracking into the Drake's skull. This day, we were not fleas on a stag, but we were the maggots eating at its flesh. Cheers rang through the village. For every cheer, there was ten times the cries. For Palrandus had still his fiery breath, and everything within eyesight was gone. This was not a calling. This was more an extermination. And when it ended, imagine our communal surprise when a second massive stone slab apparated appeared from the ether itself next to the golden corpse of an ancient ruler who thought himself practical and just. I walked to the slab and placed a hand upon it and it whispered to me. Secrets, promises, questions. Took a firm jostling from, from, from Onotar to shake me from my preverie. And I realized in that time that I was not, did not have my hand on a giant slab. Had a scroll within my hands, and he holds his hand now in real life. Manifests one. It takes different shape depending on what you perceive it as. I don't know if any know its original form, but a scroll is a more practical thing for us, as stone slabs are more practical for those of giant and even draconic origins it vanishes again the few people remaining crowded around Anatar as if he their savior he would guide them now that he had done as he had for generations before but no some might rise to the calling but not Anatar his will to lead shattered the moment he saw that he'd caused more than any calling. But he gestured for me. And that is when I addressed the people, my people now, properly for the first time. I swaged the doubt, some at first and some for months after. But desperation lowers anyone's standards. I became their leader out of necessity, and my first task was one final census. Out of the 500, the 5,273, there remained 842. But I gained two priceless keys to our, our freedom at that time, and even more valuable insights on that today. First and foremost, and this is important for you all, I learned that even gods can bleed and die. Two, the hierarchical, the hierarchical or ordering of the giants was not as ironclad as Palran Dusk had thought, and this means a weakness to exploit. Three, victory is only possible if we pit our oppressors against each other. Four, the world was far more vast than any of us thought. And that meant many more people just like us. More people with a claw or boot to their back just because they were smaller. And most importantly, I learned what we can do together 
is greater than what they will ever know until it hits them. And that is our true strength. This is why I need heralds. I need one who will go to the villages, who understands what it is like to live within the village proper, who can go to them, who can tell them how big the world truly is, who can teach them things, and who can prepare them for when we come. And then I need the herald that comes when the horn sounds, the herald that will be not in the shadows, but the one that will lead from the front, that will lead countless thousands of your own kind and my kind, and yes, even Shere Khan's kind. For we need a commander, a general, one who is strong, but also knows the worth in freedom, and one who can lead not just with physical strength, but with something else. I think you have that within you. And I think that you have your task within you. Do you understand? Now, I come from origins not that unlike yours whatsoever. And now I have grown into something far more. He holds out his hands and two scrolls. There. For I hold dominion over over both 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 energy and life. And Shere Khan's siblings have together hold dominion. time, we will, with, with your help, we will claim the next in my list, dominion over transformation itself. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I think you two need some time to rest, recuperate, as do your people. And I think you would be wise to spend a decade or two preparing. Hard as you think your lives may have, may have been up till now, it will only get harder before it gets easier. But is not freedom worth every pain? You can speak it if you wish. Must be by the looks of it. You could have saved your breath, old man. You give me an army, I'll give you a war. Well, then I will get to work on just that. He stands, puts a hand on Anantar's shoulder, and says, Join, join me when, when you can. Not urgent. Pass him. He leaves the fire and you see him kind of fade into the shadows further into the 
city. It's on her, kind of like looks at you. you kind of again, your eyes are sort of catching him. Stands and says, "Good to meet you. My name is Octar. Though I think you already know that." Your wife must be very proud of you. He looks at you. Don't have a wife. And then this walks. Leaving you three essentially around the fire for a conclusion to this scene, however you want to. If you want to have a moment to discuss for that massive lore dump. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Anatar or Shantar Shark Khan has been watching like out but like he's heard the story like four or five times at this point Probably, and just yeah. like zoned out and then lost his opportunity to follow <laughs> yep. and now he's like yeah fuck it here you go <laughs> you're watching you're watching Antar as he's not looking mm-hmm. at you you're like you're, you're watching her you both turn to look at Shere Khan who is staring at the stars kind of just like looking be- between them before you kind of realize that it's just you three now go ahead so what's your skin in this game? Uh, um, um, it's a bit of a story. And Shurkan will just explain, basically, you know, that he came from like a different dimension, and like all like he'll explain a bit of the Feywild, just a, a tiny bit, like in abbreviated terms. And then like you know the pain that his people were feeling, and then that they stepped across and just a rough history of the the elves. (coughs) Alright, so just because there's this big thing above the mountain doesn't mean you can all make up whatever shit you want to say until like it's real. I didn't make anything up. Is there form from feelings over here coming from a different place? Getting attacked by giant sky lizards? That's all. I mean, is it really that odd to think about? I mean, you came out of a hole in the mountain I've never seen. And I watched the mountain. Obviously not very close. But this is the furthest up I've ever been, so there's that too. What's above the blue? Or black? There's nothing above the blue. Or black. It's the sky. There are stars. Bricks of light. The sun, the moon. Stars. Twinkly things, the dots. Trigon will like manifest some of the stars upon his skin. Constellations. Hmm. This is all too weird. Sure, come with Pokemon with this trident just so he like gets a little start of pain. You <laughs> <laughs> feel it? You're still alive. Oh, trust me, I still feel pain. <clears throat> and you've been traveling with them, Anatar and Orion and Traveler. I assume the traveler comes and goes, but 
Yeah, the traveler. Oh, he left with um, more out here. But, I know, but just uh, in general. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, he travels around a lot. His job, I think at this point in time, you're not entirely sure what the distinction will be between Aladra's job mm -hmm. and what traveler. I think as far as you believe, the traveler kind of does what she mm -hmm. does, what he's saying she'll do. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit interesting. But um, well, she's a lot prettier than the than in him, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he's charismatic in his own way. Charms, I'm sure. He has many charms. Yeah. Taught me a lot. He is a mysterious one. But seems to be good at many things. Steven. We're going to take, because you're saying that, oh a quick little detour to the past. Mm -hmm. When you recall a time after a battle, or actually not really, not really after, but it's not exactly like this, but you just recall a time when you guys were all sort of to get together in a giant city that you've taken and, you know, um, your folk made a veil around part of it. So, you know, it, it was ju just one of those things where you all had like a, a home for a brief time, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think you were like seeking your own people uh, um, and, you know, just walking around and you... Uh, I'm only saying this because you have a plus 17 to perception. Yeah. So that yeah. means your passive perception is 27. Mm -hmm. And specifically because of that, I'm going, I'm going to say, I'm giving you a little flashback here, mm -hmm. where as you're just walking through the halls of some enormous building in some faraway city, what not, you remember hearing with your massive ears and massive perception, Amorian's Voice. And I think you kind of just go toward them because, you know, you're kind of like, mm -hmm. what should I do, B -b boss, sort of thing. My brother and sister are, 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 are you know, doing looking that thing, purpose. blah, blah, sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, looking for purpose is a very mm -hmm. common thing, I think. Um, and it's one of those things where you're not trying to eavesdrop, but they're being quiet, mm -hmm. but your perception's enormous, right? So mm -hmm. you're like, as you're walking toward the sound, you can hear the sound. Mm -hmm. And you're very, very quiet, soft-footed yourself as you just step nat naturally. So you're so unless you weirdly yelled, "Hey, I'm coming!" Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't. Which I don't think she would. So I think no. you just yeah. nat naturally. You basically hear a conversation that Amorian is asking Tonos, as he calls him, if he can trust him, if his true nature will betray them all, if his disdain for people can be unlearned. Traveler says, I respect you and your cause, te teacher. I am earnest. Consider my distaste similar for you to yours for lima beans. Not something you can control, but you'll happily stomach them if, if you need to. Your cause is my cause. No matter where my powers come from originally, I know not that place, only that I am human and I want to be free. 
and so I am your tool. And Ariane says, I do not want more tools, Thanos. I want a confidant. Trust is so rare. My brother is not one I can speak with about the things we need to do. I cherish you all ready, as, as young but as talented as you are. But I will put you down if I sense that you are another rogue biding its time. You must understand, you will never wield one of the articles if there are others to take up that power. Your skills to walk the worlds are too valuable, even besides the foreignness of your mind. As I said, perhaps it is time to find new experiences to understand our condition rather than watching from the, from the outside. Find a woman. Find a, and he says, and he says, teacher, is this perhaps a conversation um, better had when we're not with somebody else? I think you had quietly come up and were like doing that like that like awkward thing. Like, do I just walk away now or do I knock on the door? I think you're just kind of like in that in between spot. And um, um, and Orion stops and Shurkan, or um Thomas says you don't hear what he says, but then Orion says through the door, Shurkan, be with you in a moment. Of course. Thomas opens the, the, the door, steps out. Kid. He must put it past you. I think that <clears throat> comes to you based on this conversation that you just had right there. Mm. The rest of what creepy, happens that day. Creepy, is not weird little motherfucker. So, you're saying he's a strange one. You're saying he's got a lot of charms. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you've ever told um, anybody that conversation. I think you are uniquely the only person. Like, would you even have told your sister or brother? It was a private, private thing that you heard, but maybe you didn't. Maybe you did, didn't. Probably not. Okay. He's not one for many words. Yeah. Well, he mulls it over and then forgets about it until this moment. Until this moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll let you guys finish your combo. That was just a really good time to insert that. that yeah, thing. makes yeah. sense. Finish up your con- combo. Let me know when you are satisfied. Yeah. Bring it in again. Yeah, I think that's good. All right. Introductory. Uh, Steve, you did not have a lot of scenes the last time, and we just so we just had a flashback thing here. Um, no, I'll wrap up the forge. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed them. That was all when you guys were around the the embers, that la- that lava in the original forge. As you all take hands and you take the uh, um, travel letters <laughs> in, in in one hand, and you take. Amantars in the other <coughs> hand. Amantars, you feel the calluses, the burns, but it's so gentle as he, as he holds your, your hand. And that gives you a very brief flashback to when you were 60 years old. An old woman. And Amantar looked almost the, the same as he did the first time you saw him. So about 40 years or so since you guys were freed 
20 years before she before shock before current time that makes sense mm -hmm. you've lived your life with Pomatar. um i'm sure you've you've you, you've you've had sex yes but you've never you've never born a child you've never been pregnant Anatar blames himself. He says, I don't know what the magics of these articles are that have given me a life anew. I, I'm sure it's me. Could just as easily be me. No. Put a hand on your face because you're perfect. You're too kind. When you're 60 years old, you know, you don't have to worry about having kids anymore. You're well past the point of that. It's also weird because you're, he's much, much older than you. He's obviously centuries old, right? And now you're just growing up a normal life sort of thing. And he still looks younger than you now. And um, just like this vision sort of like moving around sort of stuff. Um, you and him go to, to or he brings you to Oriya. And in the vision, you can see him. Anantar doesn't speak much. When he does, it's short to the point. Blunt. He gives what for him is the most impassioned speech he can to his brother, Orion. Even though it's maybe like 20, 25 words total, you're still almost like, well, there's your entire allotment for, for, for the month, right? <laughs> and Orion lets him finish and then says my brother you only needed to ask this is before Abdul Ara and Boldre have the scroll but he puts a hand to your head your forehead Two different scrolls wheel around him, behind him, and you feel an unbelievable surge beginning to pass. Like the entire world's eyes are looking at you. Like every star in the sky is a blazing eye looking upon you. All the end, the sun, the moon, the tides, and the storm, that feeling of a storm right before it hits is on you right now. A baby's first cry. You hear it. The last breath of somebody as they expire. You feel it. The thing you hear in your ear is Anatar saying, are you sure you want to do this? Live another entire lifetime with an old chunk of marble like you? I would have it no other way. <laughs> you levitate up. You can see through the stars, through the sky, the purples, the blues of the astral plane itself. Creation, possibility, far beyond that. Distant things, even your world is a small little thing. Your world is a single village, an endless ocean of what is in existence. Even that is nothing compared to the vastness, the infinity of emptiness beyond that and then <laughs> keep trying. I'm sure in time. Or I 
princess. As you look at yourself and your old women clothes don't fit so, so well anymore because you're back to your perkier self. And it's <clears> not that you, it's like he, again, what is age? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is age? I'm back! <laughs> if not the damage to ourselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what aging is, right? Mm-hmm. As long as your soul has <clears throat> enough juice to live and your soul isn't inspired you're just humans soul their, soul, their souls can, can live way <laughs> long longer than their physical form can he just healed all the blemishes of that and with with energy infuse your soul with a fuck ton which means you're essentially going to live the, the age of enough in the same but aging very very gracefully which we know is possible because what what are elves after all they're sort of reflections of humans that have been, been locked in this form. So it stands to reason that a human could gain an, an elf's lifespan if they had the energy or the soul and, and flesh that were compatible before it, which right now, you do. Arantara swoops you up and you make your way to the bed chambers, I think. But alas, still no children. Mm-hmm. It's okay, I got twins right here. Perk. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fire. Alright. All the fire pan stuff. Better, 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 better. Better, 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 better. Let's see. Yeah, eat them up before I eat them all. Seriously. Yep. Cracking them up container too. Uh-uh. I'm going to take them all. I think this is the third week in a row, too, oh. that we've done this. <laughs> oh, oh, it seems like the muffins are doing well. Don't you call them muffins like they're healthy? They're fucking cupcakes and you know it. <laughs> fucking cupcakes and you know it. Their recipe calls them muffins. <laughs> Just like those crazy English call them biscuits. Fruit <laughs> <laughs> <Like> fucking nutters. <laughs> and Josh will just call it crumble. Ah, <laughs> a beautiful crisp. Mm-hmm. They're all donuts and you know it. I mean, honestly, if you just took your forks to it, it could be a crumble. As you guys all fold back in on space <coughs> and time and reappear in Sharn, um, Dola Zizidur, Almanatar in tow, leaving the Sultan of the City of Brass there forevermore, a new sword at your hip or your, your, your back. It's, it's a nice sword. Yeah, it's, it does. You do see the scabbard actually. It's not the blade. All right, all right. I'll keep it. I'll keep it. I'll be nice to him. That's what he says as he comes up with his, with his sister. The scabbard has actually a, a, a matchings of your symbol, like Dorn's symbol, the shield, and the sword over, over, over it. And there's actually like fairly simplistic, but still quite fine, gold and silver filigree across it that shows like a. A dwarf with a sword and like a like a stylized dragon thing. I think at first, I think I imagine Dorn being being like a sword. Okay, it's got got a blade. The scabbard is not a thing you care. Like you looked right for the right for the blade. You went okay, cool, cool, cool. But you Does see, do anything? <laughs> you see, yeah, no, it's not not magical. But you see, once you kind of appreciate the scabbard, it's more of a symbol. It's more of a thing that Dolazur hopes you wear, at least within the city, to be like, I am me. Like, this is my calling. Whether or not you do that is up to you. 
but I like what you just did there where um Dol Ara and you we just zoom forward in time times like it's like what's that? Who's your sword? Or even she's yeah. catching up with him and yeah. say, No, you he made it, you wear it. Fine, I'll fucking wear it. Jeez. If I don't see you wearing <laughs> that that fucking thing, brother, we're, we're, we're gonna have a problem. I'll say all your other swords and that's be the only fucking one you have. Alright? I'll wear it. I like it. It's nice. It's nice. Leave the others be. Alright. I'm not getting them off me. But I have to re- re- remind you. I'll kill you just to b- b- bring you back. But you always bring me back. Uh, one day I'll just, just forget. <laughs> um, based on those other two flashbacks that we've had and stuff, Shere Khan, you're a very, very introspective um, elf. Mm-hmm. Remembering that time with the trap, <clears throat> not saying anything to Aladra at the time, but also remembering other times over the over the years before and d- d- during these two existing, um, your interactions with your own folk and Orion and your brother and sister, you know, all kind of a hodgepodge, right? I think there's a few crystallized memories for you, and these are important, I think, for you to know and to consider. As you continue playing Shere Khan, okay? Yep. Consider the phone. Consider the phone. It will not be a massive info dump like that last one. But I figure if we don't know Amorian's origins, we don't really know the origins of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's once a week because Josh has to take a massive dump. <laughs> you recall no reason otherwise. Uh, Sorry, actually, this does not need to be in this particular order. No, eh, cool. Uh, we're actually current on time. There will be no more flashbacks. Only flash f- f- forwards now. So, here's what mm-hmm. we're, we're going to say. I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, as we have a bit of a flash forward here sort of, of thing, um, I'm just going to say that you, at some point, you visit where your people, the elves, the elders, the... Karslakar, which is what they call them themselves, all red, ready, wardens of, of the wood and whatnot, have some within the walls of Sharn. You know, giant cities, not really a thing for your people holistically, but they understand a wall is a nice, nice thing to have. Ultimately, they'd much prefer to be in, in the woods surrounding, making their, their bales and whatnot. But they're happy to take whatever protection and homesteads they have. There's plenty of space, plenty of yep. space. Though many of your people are now mingling with the humans, mating with them is becoming more common, though the Kesselkar are loathe to this, you know. Mm-hmm. As you're walking around essentially like a neighborhood, that is where the elves have set up shop, if you will, you see old commander um, Malarim Sumiter Koras, one of the um, three long elvish names I've been, been saying repeatedly <coughs> to you guys. Inconsistently. If I ever sneeze that way, call it. You see um, Commander Alarin Smitter Koras discussing with one of his many rangers of their kind. I think you and him share look. 
and he nods in your in your direction. You do have a bit of a flashback here, but it's in it's 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 in time. As you see him and he gives you that sort of nod sort of thing, you remember back years after joining Orion, you and your siblings were the elders of your kind. Carousel car, lamenting the dangers of this place. There, at least. Athangor says, with every one of our deaths, we are one step near oblivion as a people. We must conserve, Anarwai says. We are strong, and these people are not. Not yet, at least. Their strength is in numbers, and weakness in organization. We have to give them time for both to bear fruit. As Hilly says, by the time they are ready, we will be reduced to a dozenfold, and that will spell the end of our kind. You must understand the importance of maintaining our people more than theirs, same as any. If we all perish before the next generation is full grown, we are responsible for an exodus turned extermination. Then we must not perish, Arawai says, eyes stony. Each of us is there better by tenfold. You said it yourself. Do we not then bear the burden? Amalran says, if we are each tenfold stronger, yet one thousandth their number, should not by your own arithmetic we be worth ten thousand each? Assigning worth to some lives over others, Arawai says, you sound just like the overlords of this, this realm. We sought freedom and inequality here. She turns to, to leave. Balinor follows suit. I think uh, Shurkan gives him just like a steely cold glance for just like it's all 30 seconds and then turns and leaves as well. Amalory, <coughs> the Eladrin that taught you most of what you know about tracking, fighting, surviving, says, Shurkan, wait, um, wait a moment. Do you? I will still have my back turned, but will tilt his head just ever so slightly to the side. You hear his footsteps soft, crunching on leads, so there are no leads within the city um, coming coming toward you. For indeed, these elders of the Karakstokarm, those that hold those shards from the Fey, mm-hmm. they are still Eladrim proper. They have long ears, large eyes. They are truly holding on to that um, um, essence. They're resisting the change mm-hmm. that has become I know that. So when I say he walks toward you, you hear the leaves crunching the wind. That's a very, very Eladrim thing, and you truly yeah. do hear that. Mm-hmm. He's stepping up close to you. He says, Listen to reason. I know you are a good fighter, but you would prefer other futures for yourself, would you not? Dreams of the stars and the waves. You understand that our own people's lives must matter more to us than anything else. Your sister, she is strong willed and stubborn more than others see and I fear that her idealistic nature is being taken advantage of by that Orion we are not of his flock 
so I fear he may send us to the wolves before his own. Belinor will follow in Arawai's wake wherever she walks. Will you also? Or can you be our eyes and ears into their inner circle? Speak temperance with our tongue when it applies. Relay information to us as we need it. We of the Fae must stay united above all else. He is always sharp as I want to do. But I will not be following ROI. I will be blazing the path forward. You will, will you? My child, these words bring me great joy. You have a great destiny before you. I think all our people here do. They must survive. And we of the Castle Karn do not entirely trust that human. He wields tremendous power. I fear that he has already taken your brother and sister, mind, body, and soul. It would be good for us to have you on our side. I will keep that in mind. Can you keep a, can you hold a secret in your heart? One even that your siblings should not know. Can you keep a secret from, from, from our lives? Nothing that impacts future decisions, but something that informs the past. I know you tend to look toward the future, look toward ours, but to understand that, to understand our past, the past of our people. Alfangor, enough! <laughs> Breathe! Breathe, you old elf! <laughs> he says, to his future. <laughs> he puts a hand on your, like, small of your backs, right, and steps up next, next to you, like, like an old friend. And again, this was the Elijah that taught mm-hmm. you a lot of what, you know, he is a men mentor, a tea teacher to you. He says, though we do not call ourselves by this title, those of the Fey Wild call us collectively the Unseely Court, and themselves as a whole, the Seely. Titania is a force of nature, as tempestuous and fickle as a storm. And when our queen of air and darkness sought to harness that force to give it guidance and action, for her fury slew our queen and drove her followers, puts a hand on his own chest, to the fringes of our realm of the Fae. So while, yes, we did come here to aid mortals with their dilemmas, we were also fleeing from a fate of banishment. 
You are yet too young to know this, and we did not care to teach our youth what they call us and our supposed sins. But already I can see the effects of our realm's perception on you combined with the static nature of this realm. We are already in danger of losing ourselves, Shere Khan. We must not perish outright as well. With that, he leaves his hand and We'll wait. If you just say anything, if you choose, or if you to walk away, if you choose. Oh, it has taught me that a flower does not grow in a pot hidden away from the world. Let us flourish here, then. flower needs the soil to be ripe. We must grow. We must be cautious. Every new elf born that dilutes the souls that we have. This is not a bad thing inherently. But we must maintain those I know you understand this. You do not need to speak more. Sometimes our dark history, at least what others would consider a dark history, we do not, is needed to understand why we must move forward in a new way. You understand? Be well. I look forward to your reports, if and when you choose to, to, to give them freely. We'll continue to walk out. <coughs> Bit of a reveal there. Mm -hmm. All elves on the terrace plane are on ceiling. Bastards. Scene morph. We're moving mm -hmm. to a different time. I thought he said Seymour, and I was like, who's he? all Seymour. Oh. <laughs> We're moving to a different time here. Mere months after this, not long, months after, you are summoned to Orion's command tent. Inside is the wizard. And he uh, welcomes you in. Sit, sit. Water, wine, food. He gestures to his table, table food that he's have half eaten. Water, wine there as as well. He'll get himself as a glass of water. I fear that I have learned much of your homeland, yet do not understand it truly. What can you tell me of the place? It's an odd dichotomy. Ever shifting and static. The sky will not change unless you walk and will it to change in that regard. But it is ever expanding and morphing. It is a place of change. 
Yes. And that change is what brought your kind here, yes? So many ways, yes. Are there more of your kind that would answer our plight and step across the threshold to join our ranks for freedom and justice? I would imagine. You would? Well, depending on the pull they feel. But a mass exodus that we had is rare. I don't know if you'll get something to that scale ever again. Is it worthwhile to find a way to send you back across to bring more into our fold of, of your own kind? I am, I have trepidation with this. I understand that there is some time delineations that occur. It can stretch. I suppose you wouldn't know, having only come across the once. True. Is there any way for you to communicate with those that you knew? Do you have allies there that would join? Most people that I knew that would come. Well, I'm used to making do with what little I have, so no matter. However, I do worry that your elders of the Kerslakarn are... I'll be blunt with, with you, conspiring against our cause. I do not want to burden your sister with this as she is focused on the well-being of so many here, and Valinor I am not sure I can trust with, it, with the tact necessary for what I am about to ask of you. But even amongst your own people, you are tend to be in the shadow. As often forgotten as you are silent. But I want you to know, Shere Khan, that I see you. I see you. I only ask that we all stay united in our cause and in these efforts. Could you be my eyes and ears until to the work? to the workings of your Kerslakarn. Not the minutiae day, day to today. I want you at, at my side more than, than theirs. But I am sure that they have ideals and plans that they are not telling me. And I need to know all if we are to end this war within any of our long lifetimes. Even helps. Fired off Luffy. <laughs> Giant ambrosia. He's still alive. Yes. <laughs> Orion, so. I'm sorry, Orion. Yeah, but. Well, not the same. Be well then. Put your calm. I expect great things from you. I'll do what I get. We exit the scene as Shere Khan 
as memories fond or n- n- not of being asked within a few months span by both sides if he is holding to yeah. <laughs> player. I will ask you, since we're nearing the end of tonight, I'll ask you to think mm-hmm. on which side or both on how you play this. Maybe you don't say jack, jack shit. Maybe you do choose one side and you, re- you relay information to the other. Maybe you play both sides. I'm letting you... Mm-hmm. Have full full of that. I am just curious what you end up, and I think your fellow players mm-hmm. would be curious as well. But I don't want you to answer right now. Unless, yes, sir. Unless unless you unless you know for a fact what what your answer is right now, and in that case, do answer right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I think Shere Khan would try to play both sides. <laughs> he would probably be you know he'll play into the fact that he's quiet and won't tell the court as much, but he's definitely siding with ROI. And it's telling more to um, Orion. Got it. <coughs> Still cares about his people, of course. Yeah. Using information that can help them for that. But you've clearly mm-hmm. chosen a side at least more on the spectrum. Yeah. But understanding that if he doesn't give them anything, he's not going to get anything. Yep. Essentially. Completely. Yeah. That's, so enough to trust them. That's just doing. That's that's <coughs> just being on their other guy's mm-hmm. side and just yeah. using what tools you have. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help them, but mostly helping his sister and her cause. Freedom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Months later, within Sharm, Doran, you're walking the streets. You are suddenly attacked by a number of what you can only describe as giant sympathized advisors. You see the emblazoned symbols of House Dedanith, Larandar, and Thrash, in addition to those not wearing their crests. You see that, and when I say that you are attacked, I mean like very sneakily, like a big hand, the time was called a bill, the ethereal hand boom, hits you, slams you to the ground, boom, into the side, and they come in with axes. You boom, duck one axe, boom, take the other in the arm, cuts down to your bone, but your bones are hard as fucking, fucking rock. You throw it off, you tumble under them. You have a dozen people all coming at you with a variety of spellcraft and things that their marks can do and swords and whatnot. And you, you do have your star metal axe, but do these people deserve that? You of course have the comparatively shittier sword of your sibling. Yeah. A symbol of what this fucking place was and what you've done for them! Proper tool for the job. What do you do? Uh, yeah. Don't let him go! going anywhere and he will kill all the sympathizers with no sympathy of his own in very brutal ways almost like the light like the light throwing the sword because it's so light and then like running up and Love ripping that. it out of someone kind of you thing. draw it you don't deserve my axe <laughs> you are like there on top and jump feet first like Kicking him as you pull the sword out, landing, seething, rage, blood vessels 
popping. Two big, 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 big hands come crushing you. You are popped with arrows. Your own men. You just a normal day walking to like the shit, like the like like the the, the shitter. Who knows where you're walking? Some of your men are like oh my god, they're they're coming over. They're fire pots are thrown. You are on fire right now as you take these two ethereal hands. An axe from a deadeth comes, an enchanted, an enchanted axe comes swinging down at you. You hold up your mithril sword, it hits, you're ready for a pivot and to slam the sword through his legs, putting him at the knees, an easy thing. The sword breaks. Ting! <coughs> the axe sinks four inches <coughs> into your ribs, through your scapula, and drags it <coughs> down, blood <coughs> splattering his face <laughs> as you're the tip, half you the sword. Ting, 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 ting. <sighs> They're all com- coming. Spears and swords and axes, crossbows. I think time almost seems to slow for you. You have a half of the sword in your hand, and you look and you see the break. Shitty workmanship. Couldn't stand up to an enchanted, a properly enchanted axe as you drop that. You reach. When you're slammed into the wall, your, you know, band layer and whatnot that holds your either black bands got, got caught and as you pull, pulled out, they're hanging there 30 feet, 50 feet from you. Guards are there standing in front The axe rears up and brings it down for a mighty blow, seeing that you don't have a weapon on. You have your knives and daggers, of course. You never have enough knives, but you don't have your axe. Your titan tooth claim more shitty blade right there. The axe is coming down at your face. What does Dorn do for maybe the first time, but surely not the last? Blade is coming right down at him. He has no weapon in hand. Uh, <laughs> this is when you start doing dumb motion. This is when you learn to do do that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Based on these stories, <clears throat> which some parts are true, some are not. Okay. Dorn Founds. I didn't know which thing you were yes, going for. Yes. I get to thank you. Okay. Yes. Dorn Founds. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Blade's coming down. You have no no weapon in hand. You're easy pet pickings for these folk. He is the weapon. And you'll just breathe in deep and sidestep it straight. And with two quick strikes, one to the ribs and the next to the kind of like the neck almost, snaps this guy's <coughs> He falls. <laughs> Other swords can you just, just stop. I think you turn two cinder block fists. And somebody says, Kill him! He doesn't have a fucking weapon! 
and they all come in. The stories of modern times tell mm-hmm. of Dol Azur, sorry, the mockery, giving his brother a cursed sword that broke that, 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 that broke in the first fight he used of him to try and kill him. And this is when Thorn founds the way of the broken blade. As what Dorn does in this time is he essentially does dope monk shit mm-hmm. and blocks jamming one sword is coming down that diverts it into another person's hand. Like hand-to-hand martials don't really exist at this time in any sort of codified way. And I think you just break the wrist, grab grab the sword, st- stab through, duck under, grab that for the way of the broken. Like he's fought so much that he controls the flow of the fight more so exactly than he has that. to do anything else. Like, And in modern times, the way of the Again, broken... Blade is a monk tradition, the yeah. oldest, so they, so they say, founded off of this very event that we're seeing right here. Founded because of this. They're good at, one, not having a sword. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> uh, they are, they are, specific, they are specifically mm-hmm. like, how can, if you don't have a weapon, they are monks that are specifically trained very well to defeat many opponents with weapons if you don't have Mm-hmm. Which made them for a long time the best assassins ever, because they they can walk walk in. Here's your tea, and just start doing crazy shit, right? Now that that's all that happens way in the way in the future, way beyond where we are now. But for now, we're going to scene scene shift. Seymour, Seymour. Oh, he's back. Hallways, the tunnels that bring you to the arcane forge. Some try to stop you, but don't, because they know all know who you are, and you are covered in blood right now. Even you have several broken ribs. That the worst blow you had was right here, and that is just bleeding constantly right now. You'll probably pass out from blood, blood loss, but you are remarkably good at not until you've done what you need to. You're walking the long tunnels down the secret ways, but you've been down here before, and you know a monitor stays down here off often, work working. Not right now. He's busy with something else, which which we'll get to. But as you come into the large forge space, your hair begins to stand on on end. That which is not at least slipped with your own blood and the blood of many others left broken on the steps and the walkways of this city. This is like months after, if I didn't make, make, make that clear, months after taking Sharp. This is like oh, five yes, months yes, after. Yes. Sorry. Not, not this moment, it's months <laughs> no, after. No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. You've been bleeding for months. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wait, wait, what? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> so the, the, the city's mostly been cleaned up and you're leaving a trail of, of, of blood as yeah. you, you move through. Awake. People know what's happening here, hence by the stories of like, did you see what he did? Mm-hmm. People come and try to like help help you. Sorak is 
voice is there. It's like, Dark, Dark Commander. You just hold up, hold up a, a finger and he just comes in line behind you. Multiple of your, you know, when they sound the horn, you're a modern guard. And the likes of Uber, Guthrie, um, Praeclis, um, other folks. One other one I'll name um, right now. Kralineste uh, Royan Kachona. An elf. Uh, which you do know that name, but you would never know. But I'll just say that there's a certain letter signed by a Sabine um, Christmas Kachona. Okay. Savine, I recognize that name. There we go. I was yes, yes, that, yes. The other names, I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so Raka, you, you know. It's your lady, Slaley. Mm. Huh? Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Yes, the grandfather the, the grandfather of the Raven Queen was one of Dorne's trust, trusted here. So they kind of come mm-hmm. to flank you, following you wherever you'll go. Make sure if you do pa- pa- pass out, they will... B- Bring you somewhere to get to get healed, but they are silent as they see that you are on the path here. You enter in this large arcane and you don't know how fuck this shit works. You don't know what giant nonsense runes gems are in here. You don't really get really give a shit. What you do care about are all the workers here turn and see and like part, and you see the dwarven figure of your brother standing in front of the front of the um, forge, directing some some folks and whatnot as he tur- sees them looking past him, he turns to look himself and sees you. Do you think you would have picked up the mithril blade in half or, or one or left him there? Uh, yeah, I would have left it. I think you don't even fully know. Like, if somebody really stopped you and said, Dorn, where are you going and why? I don't think you could have answered that. Mm-hmm. I think this was just, as your rage faded, this was just where your feet took you. Everyone parts. Dolazer tur- turns and says this. Jogs up to you. you what the fuck happened? Dorn, Dorn! Medikai! Get get some fucking Medikai! What what are you doing? Looking at your your your, your honor guard behind you. Dorn is just going to start beating him viciously with his bare hands. Wait! Stop! He grabs him. Strong, strong he is. Strong. What are you doing? Just crush his cheek until you feel it crunch. Throws your hand, kick, kicks you. You actually do fly off of, of of him, but you can snap back and be right on top of him again if you choose. Uh, once he kicks on, he kicks him off. Let's, he'll take a take a breather. Almost happy to see some fire from him, kind of thing. Stands up. Fuck is your problem? This is because of you, little brother. Me. Do you notice something I don't have? Your fucking wits! He stands 
takes two steps back after you look at him like that. What? So just unclass like the sheath thing that he's off the ground. You know he knows what you're, what you're referring to. Because you've worn it every day since coming back. Because your sister told you to. Speak to me. The bloody kin. When I needed it most, it broke. You don't think I did anything? I'm sorry. I am. In the first fucking fight, Azur! Sorry! I'm fucking sorry! Maybe you should have swung against some fucking rocks here and there first! This is supposed to be a symbol! Not only for them, but for us! Soraka behind, behind you, he's always the one kind of like, rah, rah, rah. He, he goes, that's a fucking symbol, alright, you fucking cunt. Because now it's a broken thing on the streets. Azor looks at him. Looks at you. I'm sorry, but you're all good and fine. I'm sure that if you look look like like this, there I might sight worse. Hey. We're all good and fine now. And when he says that, he's going to kind of just turn to Sauraka, draw the axe from his belt, and as quick as he can, chop off whichever hand is the main hand of his brother. Since it's a worthless fucking tool anyways. You see, as you turn, he like does this. And by that time he looks back at you, Sweat from his eye and a little bit of blood from you kind of cracking there. His own blood. A little nick here in the hand. As he falls to his knees. Help me! Fucking help me! And none. They all take steps back. All the all the workers here, the physicers, the healers that are here, and it forges a dangerous place. They all just take some back. We'll be all right, Dorn says as he just turns and begins to leave. With his brothers got other words. He's screaming. Despite all his screams, he never says a curse against you. Eventually gets found and healed up. Dolora asks you what happened. What, what would you say to Ara when she asks you? Kind of with like a stony look. What happened? Same old, same old whenever you put your trust in him. 
I feel like where that music hit at that moment, like I had to kill him or something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll kill him. Do, do. Yeah, I'm strangling him now, I think. <laughs> uh, the music's falling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do people have 15 minutes left in them for one more scene to wrap wrap up this part of this story? reason why Anatar was not in the forge at that time, the reason why Aladra was not in that scene, is the two of them are very busy right now, and not in the way that we're th- thinking. Anatar has great fortitude, great strength. Intelligence in a way that is not traditional. Attuning a scroll, an article, is a very difficult thing. Fortunately, you can reduce the time it takes from nine months to only six months if you have two people tuning at the same time. And when that happens, the two of you can help each other out. You can be the mental fortitude and he needs to be the physical aspects to, to it. There is a physical and mental strain that comes with this. The mechanics of it, I will not get into it right now because we're not talking mechanics in these um, in, 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 in ways. But I will just let you know that there are checks you have to make periodically throughout. And they are both um, constitution based, wisdom or based, charisma based, so you don't, your body does not fail on you, your mind does not shatter, and you don't lose yourself. Anatar has tried to attune scrolls before, Orion gifted him a scroll of, of energy, and just never quite took. That's because in Anatar's long life, he never really had a partner. He never really had someone that appreciated him for who he was, rather than what he could do. Even when he and Anatar and, and Orion both tried to attune a scroll once, just didn't take. Because deep down, even Orion cares about Anatar for what he can do. I don't think that's why Aladra loves him. I think she sees the gentle nature and that gentle hand and all the hard work. Nobody's worked harder than him in the most dull, monotonous way. But every soldier that goes out there wearing his armor, bearing his steel, in many ways, Anatar's fought more battles than any other person alive, if you consider every time his tools are used. Two of you attune the scroll of creation. I 
careful here because there are things that a lodger would experience when attuning that scroll that will not translate through the visions that you're getting right now. There's sort of a six month blank. You remember being close to him. And you remember that you don't have to like sit, sit there cross-legged doing this for six months straight. You can live your lives, but you generally don't leave your like home. People bring you food. Or you go somewhere very hidden, very well protected, a sanctuary of sorts, where you have everything you need. You can still sleep, you can still talk, but your focus has to be on it forever. And I think in this moment, Aladra might realize, might think way back even. Remember what the traveler first told her when she gifted her that quicksilver. Focus is the most important thing. As we zoom forward these six months, you two do attune the scroll of creation. When it happens, it is an insane thing. It'll be a story for another time. What I can say is this. At the, at the end of this, after the scroll is properly attuned, the two of you, very shortly after, like the next day, you two do conceive your children. Miracle, surely, since one of the the other of you were unable to. When two people are attuned to an, an, an article, it is you might, you might think, well, that's always what should be done, but it's an inherently dangerous thing too. It increases in some ways the chances of it happening because you have more skills to rely on. The two people have to be in concert with each other don't want to get into an argument with the other person because they could essentially stop you from doing your spells with them, right? Mm -hmm. So you both have to be of the same mind, not only while attuning, but afterwards as well. If one person unattunes from the article, the other person automatically unattunes from it as well. It's putting your trust, and trust is your life, in someone else's hands. That's why you can't just have any two people, and that's why you are the one able to help on do this task. Two of your minds put together, two of your wills, your intents, I should use the word intent here, put together. Whether you use the power of the scroll of creation or not is something I don't think you or him truly know. But I think you do know that you feel something different within you. And in the coming weeks after this, it is almost assured you are with child. I want to zip forward a bit here. Shortly after you find you're with child, Anatar is so happy. Holds you. Kisses you. Hugs you. Tears. Your comrades are doing their... You heard about what happened to them. I don't know what he did to to um, to 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 Azer months ago at this point in, in time, but I think there's only one person you really want to tell this good news to. It's a dreary day; the rain is coming down, but it's as brilliant shining as it ever could possibly be. As you go up to where the traveler stays, 
and you do go to his apartment, if, if you will, which is huge because nothing's been converted fully to human proportions yet. You knock on his door, he comes out, he says, Aladra, success then? Yes. He's like, no, wait, that was, sorry, I already knew that. How can, I, how can I help you? Well, first you could let me in out this rain. Well, the, the rain does wonders for you. So he pushes the, the door open, gestures in, his hearth crackling with flame, closes it. To what do I owe the honor? Good news. More good news. Let's hear it. I'm with a child. Give me an inside check. Thirteen plus a bunch, yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, the traveler is remarkably good at keeping things hidden, but there's a moment here where he kind of like looks away, like just like looks down and sees a lip do that. And you recognize it with a 27, I won't even, at a 15, I was going to, going to say he's clearly having some sort of, I guess, generally negative. With a 27, I'll say it's a look of disgust, a flicker of disgust. And he looks at you. Congratulations are in order. Thought you'd be more excited. Why? Why not? It's one of the greatest acts of love you can complete. Do you remember when you were a girl in your village? Yes. And I joined you and we spoke. Remember that we talked about how the population had to be kept stable? Do you remember, Aladra? I do remember. And do you remember what you said? You, you understood that necessity? I'm sorry. I just hope there's something better. This is something better. Sorry, I do have uh, reports to finish up. Absolutely. Um, Anatar and I have some other things we need to wrap up as well. Take care of yourself, Aladra. You know I always do. Priorities tend to shift when such things happen. My priorities will remain the same, as they have always been. As you were, the door opens for you. I will walk out before he can close it, I will enclose it myself. 
you and him do have similar kind of talents. I thought you learned a lot from him. I think that is one of the key moments of Eladra's life. Many key moments, but I think that moment is one that would stick with her. I'm going to ask you, what is going through Eladra's head? What does she do as she leaves that place and walks back home? Um, the drizzle. She would be kind of irritated and her thought even in there that she didn't want to say to him is has this war not killed enough people to warrant me having one child mm-hmm. talk about balance mm-hmm. come on yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> and so then instead um, of going home she's going to go to Boldre oh okay let's do, do, do let's do that uh, <coughs> you're at Boldre's place this is where she and Norian both uh, b- both live, but very much have separate sort of things, right? She's all yeah. community hard home. In fact, you actually, I take, I take it back, you probably know that she's not going to be at home at this, this time of day. She's probably in one of the many giant chapel things, but, you know, kind of having their own sort of struggle, like a way to imbibe faith in the people yeah. and inflate that. So you go in there, you kind of catch the tail end of one of her sermons, if you want to, 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 to call it that. Um, people are milling around. Again, she's all about community, hearth and home. She sees you walk in wet. Um, I think she sees something in your eye, and she will um, wrap up her thing quickly and gesture for you to head into a back chamber. And you and her are alone now at this, this time. Halfway. Curly hair. I'm pregnant. Get down, get down on your knees. Get, get, get down on your knees. Get down on your knees. She will, she will put her hands and she will kiss your cheeks, your chin, your nose, your, your head. Nothing. There's no greater gift of love in the world. And she'll give you a big hug, so sort of thing. How far, how far along are you? Past the quickening by a few days. Oh, well, it'll only be seem like moments to you. Seem like years to me, I'm sure. We'll see, <coughs> hopefully. You guys can have, that's very... That's all she wanted. Yep. It's the... That's good, I like that. I think about Ann Perkins when she's like going around telling people and no one's quite what she wants and yep. so they're like, Leslie. Where's Leslie? Where's I need Leslie? to tell Leslie. We need Leslie. <laughs> After that, we're flashing forward about seven and a half more months or so. Maybe only seven. When's the quick quickening? About second trimester. The quickening is when oh, you geez. first feel them kick. Okay. Mm. okay. We're sk- skipping forward to the point where you're very, very pregnant. I'll say, yes. say that. There you go. Very, very <laughs> pregnant. Like, like in bed sort of thing at this point in time. Like, come on, babies. They're baby. Um, your husband is busy. He spent a lot of time with, with you and was happy. But he's busy with with the arcane forge a lot. That's where he is, where his home is now, especially with the power. You guys can be apart, but there is a certain distance that you can't go, or it will unattune. Another requirement for you to be aware of. So you can be in the city, no problem whatsoever. We're talking like miles and miles and miles would be a problem. 
So he's down in the, in the Arcane Forge. You're on like the middling plat- plateau a- area, just you know, sitting there, window, window, giant structure, window, pregnant. He's down at the Arcane Forge. He's in the past months. He's used the scroll to fortify walls and structures against an, any attack. We'll just say he's taken his. I'm gonna be a father, and he's making not only his home a nest. He's making the entire fucking city a nest. He's like, like fixing every crack and creation, <laughs> like giant walls and all that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. As you're looking out the window, you see as two dozen dragons fly in over the walls and wreak absolute havoc on the city. The largest single assault since taking charm. Massive bolt throwers that um, the Antar has created on, on swivels on top of build, buildings shoot, make short work of some, but those are then tar- targeted. You see poison, a massive cold, lightning, fire, all sorts raining down on this place. Your hand goes to your, goes to your stomach. You could teleport away from this place and be completely safe, but you know if you go too far, it won't work. You feel more than see, because it's so far away, as Anatar steps up and out of the arcane forge, his leather leather gloves taking them off, seeing this carnage unfolding. As he holds out his hand and begins to summon constructs, summoning elementals, beasts, creating barricades and walls, domes. For creation is the power of creating things. So even a spell like summoning a beast is you're creating it, right? As he creates these things and sends them all up to fight, more than to fight than to help folks. Meanwhile, Arwai and Balinar are nearby. She turn, turn, turns into a dragon, takes the sky to fight them. <coughs> Two dragons collide. She bites down, <coughs> fills its gullet with, with acid. <coughs> through Balinor. <coughs> Ara fights as a glowing beacon in the night air. Sword and shield and helm. <laughs> With every slice, she also throws out a hand and heals her allies. A dragon. Before a dragon, you feel your home. Shit. And a brassy head looks through your window and says, in common, so you know what it's saying. I have Poison fills your own. Eating away at the tapestries, the rugs, you feel it touching your own flesh. Your only choice here is to teleport away, but stay near you. Blink out of existence and appear in the fields outside the city. You turn and you watch as Orion arrives with the Traveler, Dorn, Shere Khan. Transformations, lightning, battle takes place and they chase away the remaining dragons over the course of 
an hour, two, three. Massive battle here. Enormous battle on your very home turf. Oh, your home turf. Mm-hmm. But as that fades and that drizzle it returns, you feel as in the muddy fields you go into labor. Things become a blur to you as terrified farmers bring a cart, put you on it, and bring you into the city. Next thing you know, you're on, you're still on the lower plateau, best place that you could in such short notice t- time as you are screaming as your water has broke and you feel that the devilations coming and coming quick, quite quickly. Your skin still prickles from the poison that did make con- contact with it. Your lungs ache and hurt, but it's nothing compared to the pain of childbirth after all. As you're screaming, Physiker comes in. She dons her. She wraps up, 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 up her her hair, her whites, her gloves. She sits, sits there, throws a tuck all over you. You are naked under it, and she is helping you through this process. Physicers quickly don't look at the child anymore, they're looking at you, at your womanhood. As you feel more leaving you, and you're wondering if triplets. But no, it feels more like a bladder when it's being relieved. It's very wet. Your consciousness is fading in and out. You hear the physicers, Medikai, talking about 
blood loss. We have to staunch it. It's, it's inside all of these things. What does your mind think about as you are drifting away into unconsciousness? Just trying to hear the second one cry. Bring a lot of fucking effort for it to die on me. As a mother would, she thinks about her own, her own children as her future rather than herself. As she has gone anemic, her skin turning white, the internal blood loss now asked her so much that her eyes are going fuzzy. You lift your head up from the pillow and just back the down. Antar saying your name over and over and over again. Bellowing it. You feel two of your fingers crack under his great grip, great grip. His other hand is gentle on your forehead. As you see his mouth, you can't hear anything. You hear screaming, distant sound of wooden blocks clacking as you're stacked in rough shapes crying face, a suckling sound, happiness, contentedness, all that you would never experience. The door slams open from the outside. Soft, hurried footsteps. Elijah dies. And in that moment, a thump as something aberrates and just falls to the bed beside her. You awaken to Boldre, fully on the bed, straddling you, you, hands on your chest, crying, hands wet built from, from blood, sweat, and tears. She sees as your eyes open up. I can't describe to you right now the things that you saw in death, because that would not translate through here. So use your own imagination for that journey. For that journey. Bolger says, Thank everything. Thank everything. The children, as she kind of clumsily gets gets off, and you have not one but two crying, warm, suckling children there. One of them still called a bit more purple than the other. That one's a bit more quiet, but definitely alive. Boldre hops off the bed smiling and crying. And I think all the hosts come in to see you. Um, Dorn, Shere Khan included. Anything you two want to say in this moment of 
chaos and motherhood and whatnot. Congratulations. You're not supposed to die, though. <laughs> Say the same to you. <laughs> After this, uh, Anatar reattunes the scroll himself, taking the full nine months to do so, feeling more confident now than ever that he will defend their home. After this chaos of buff and the happiness that it is, um, Shere Khan and Arawai become closer and closer. More obvious to all than ever before. And one time in pri- private, Arawai puts a hand on your cheek and says, Why should we be beholden to their morals and prejudices? Let them judge. I know who I love and for whom my body belongs to. And we'll end tonight right then and there. Cat meme. Oh yes, goodbye Belgium. Goodbye Belgium. Happy animals. <laughs>